right. Uh, 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 countdown to 2024 March Madness, uh, number one. And you know what? I'm one of the guys that uh, I prefer to say the NCAA tournament, but I think March Madness term is a little catchier for everybody. You know, all these people who don't watch college basketball throughout the season, who don't know anything about college basketball, who want to call it March Madness, will play into that, I suppose, for the for – the, uh, for this show, I mean, the countdown to the 2024 NCAA tournament is much worse of a name for this. So, yeah, that uh, sounds silly. Sounds so dumb. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, this is let's see, 20, maybe the fourth year we've done this, fifth year, fourth or fifth, third. Is or fourth. it really? Holy cow! I don't know. We did uh, we did all year for the. Baylor Gonzaga. This is fourth, I think, because we did the Baylor Gonzaga championship. We did what was twenty twenty two? That was uh, Kansas, uh, uh, North Carolina, and then we had UConn, San Diego State last year. So the matchups went from really really good to really really good to last year being a dud. So probably due for another dud this year. So keep that in mind when you're filling out your brackets. But uh, you know the beginning of this show, the first couple of episodes, a lot of around the uh, the universe college basketball stuff, which is not the universe, really the country, I should say. Or universe was I was taking a leap there with that one. <laughs> um, but you know, going around the country looking at where things are at. We did a couple weeks ago the midseason show. We obviously did the season preview. Uh, but a lot of this will be about you know certain topics and trying to shorten what like some things that we used to do segment wise, it was just you know boring as hell. So you know, try to revamp a little bit here, hopefully. Liven it up a little bit for you guys. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's great. All right. Uh, let's begin. Uh, the headlines that I have here. Uh, I think it's safe to say right now, UConn looks like the best team in the country. Again, I think Purdue is the only team that's in that category right now in terms of overall body of work and uh, what they look like out there. Um, I don't think there's an argument to make outside of those two teams right now. And I'm very well documented not to be a guy that puts labels on teams. So I'm not labeling these teams in terms of, oh, this is a national championship. Yeah, obviously that goes without saying for teams like this. Uh, so I think it's pretty safe to say that Purdue and UConn, both teams, by the way, outside of the top 10 in defensive efficiency, uh, the two best teams in the country. Where the metrics can lose you is the fact that Houston is the number one team in the country right now right. because of metrics. Like a lot of the metric sites have them number one, and that's defensive efficiency because they absolutely uh, overwhelm teams early in the year, we're giving up like 40 or 50 points in a game. Those are going to inflate your metrics. So my point is that UConn and Purdue are the two best teams in the country. And then I'll just throw swing, swing it along here and ask you who you think is better right now. Uh, between UConn and Purdue? Yep. Houston irrelevant in this. In this yeah, I would say UConn is the clear best team right now. I think that's fair. I think the argument uh, against that is probably just Purdue being a little bit better offensively overall, I would say. Like ceiling-wise, Purdue can probably put up more points than UConn, but that's also tough because UConn, um, they haven't lost since December 20th. And that was a game at Seton Hall where Seton Hall was playing pretty well. Uh, Seton Hall went into that game with a, a couple wins in a row uh, that kind of started Seton Hall's, you know, trajectory going up. They did lose the game after that, uh, but that put them in a spot. And obviously Seton Hall is now 14 and eight. 
and they just uh, beat DePaul by giving up 39 points. So they can defend. <laughs> DePaul is DePaul, but they only give up 60 to, to UConn. Uh, one thing with this UConn team is just staying healthy. Caravans missed a game. Uh, Castle missed, I think, six games. Uh, Klingon missed five games. And one thing about them that I really, really like is how good Tristan Newton's been this year. He's like a first-team All-American guy yeah, uh, this year. You need, a, you need a guard like that. And I know Purdue has good guards. I think Purdue is much less likely to get destroyed by pressure defense than they were last year because of Lance Jones. But yeah. I still think there's opportunities there to take advantage. And if obviously Purdue relies a lot on uh, needing everybody to do something, like teams at this point, I don't think Edie is going to put up 50, you know, night in, night out. He's obviously the most dominant player in the country, uh, but he's not putting up insane numbers, at least in the last, you know, couple weeks. Obviously, had the, the big game against Northwestern. He was good against Rutgers, shooting a lot of free throws, obviously. Uh, He's doing a lot of things, but my point is that he's not going to be scoring, you know, 40 or 30. Like, you can give up 25 to him. You just got to find a way to have Smith and Lawyer and Gillis miss some shots. Yeah, I I just – I worry how how Purdue closes out games. Um, they kind of seem to get overwhelmed towards the end of games. I, I thought that that would be better this year with Braden Smith having an extra year, but um, – it just it's worrisome at times, but there's still I mean, yeah, one, two, no question about that in my mind. Yeah, I think the thing with Purdue, I think they're a little bit better at it, and I think they'll be even better at it when the tournament comes around. But I, I think the Big Ten style of play hurts them. Like it's just it's such a grind. Like they they beat Wisconsin by six. Uh, they went to overtime with Northwestern. They destroyed Michigan, who's terrible. They they beat Iowa and Indiana pretty easily and Penn State. But then just some of the weird performances where they had Illinois, what, up 25 at some at one point in that game, and they all yeah. only win by five. Uh, they lose by 16 at Nebraska. Obviously, Nebraska's played really well at home. That was the weirdest performance of the year by far. That's the out. Like, they're 20, they're 21 and two. And that 16 point loss to Nebraska still doesn't make sense. I know how good Nebraska is at home, but that that is one that you look back on, you're like, that's kind of weird, but guess what? They're 21 and two, so it doesn't matter. Uh, But just the resume, I mean, they clearly have the best resume in the country. It's not even close. Like Alabama, Arizona, Tennessee, Gonzaga, Marquette, Xavier (laughs) are their non-conference wins. Yeah. They played some teams. And if you look at most quad one wins right now too, is that right? I would assume so. I'll look, but, and then you look at in the big 10, the two teams in the Big Ten that are top 15 on Ken Palm, Illinois 10th, Wisconsin 13th, they beat them both. So, I mean, look, I think I think I've picked Purdue to win the national championship going into the season. I'm going to stick to it right now. I would obviously probably rather see uh, UConn win again, but also yeah. the Big Ten thing, you know, it's tough. But Big Ten needs one. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how these two teams uh, look going into the tournament because obviously nobody thought Purdue would lose in the first round last year. And a lot of people thought UConn could very well dominate their way. Maybe not in the way that they did where they pretty much dominated everybody. But, you know, UConn was a very formidable possible national champion last year. They pretty much have everybody back outside of a couple, uh, Jordan Hawkins, Andre Jackson, and Adama Sonogo. But they've really done a good job of filling those spots in. Cam Spencer's been great. 
and Tristan Newton's taking a huge leap, and Stefan Castle is one of the best freshmen in the country. So two best teams by far. Um, okay. Outside of that, looking at last year's Final Four teams, where they are this year, already went over UConn. They look like the best team in the country right now. FAU has had ups and downs, but they've won seven straight. And instead of 18-4, they scored 64 points in the second half in their win over Tulsa over the weekend. Uh, FAU is an, an interesting one. I think they're going to be a very hard team to make picks on in the tournament because they're 18-4, and 8-1 and one in conference. But you look at some of these performances, okay? They score 52 against Bryant. They lose by nine. And I get that's in November. You can get away with that, especially with an FAU team that's bringing everybody back anyway. And I think Nellie Davis is one of the best guards in the country. Uh, they lose to Illinois. They get absolutely booty balled to the max. <laughs> Illinois scores 98, beats them by nine. Uh, Damask has 33. Shannon has 32. They lose to Florida Gulf Coast, who's not a very good team. A, a 10 and 14 Florida Gulf Coast team. They lose to them by four on the road. They lose to Charlotte by two on the road. And a pretty beneficial call against Tulane allows them to beat Tulane by one. And Tulane's not a bad team, so that's fine. But so I just, they got to figure it out. And I think I'll be very curious to see how they play against SMU on February 22nd and then Memphis on the 25th and 9th of March. That'll be interesting to watch. Uh, but FAU, I'm not there with the trust thing on them in the tournament this year because teams, people are going to be picking them just because of what they did last year. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them lose in one of the first two rounds. What did you think about FAU when you saw them uh, at Madison Square Garden? Not live, but you know, on TV. Uh, I mean, they're good. They, it seems like they, you know, can get on a run, but a little undersized. Yeah, I just don't know if you know. Last year's was kind of a a miracle run. I don't know if that's that's possible again. So. It's going to be about whether they are, um, are they loyal to Chicago, or are they? I can't even think of a good example. I I don't even know. Uh, Drake, I don't know. What uh, Drake never really had a run like that. But uh, yeah, outside of like Golden. And then they have Rosado, who's been hurt, and Carroll off the bench. This is a small team. Elijah Martin, 6'2", Greenlee, six foot, Gaffney, 6'3". I think the size advantage that Illinois had on him was prevalent. But not every team has the size and athleticism and experience that Illinois does. So I think that's probably a factor here. But I, I don't I, – matchups are going to be huge for them because they're the number one team in the country in minutes continuity from last season, 82.5% but they are 282nd in average height. So we'll see. Uh, they shoot the ball very well. Offensively, they're a good team. So I think that'll be make make things better uh, as they go on. And they're in a bit of a tougher conference in terms of some of the opponents they'll be playing. Memphis has been completely falling off of a cliff lately, yeah. but uh, they do play them twice. And Memphis still has some you know athleticism and talent, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Miami was a was a Final Four team, which almost felt like news to me when I looked up the Final Four. Uh, <laughs> that is, yeah, that kind of, I I don't know yeah. why that shocks me. That and I have it right here next to me too. Like it's I gotta there. erase that, but it's right yeah. there. Yeah, uh, Miami. I mean, pretty middle of the pack ACC team this year. They don't defend very well. They're, they're pretty streaky when it comes to scoring. Uh, but I think the thing keeping their hope alive, which I don't think they're in the tournament right now, uh, yeah. they've won three or four. They're six and five in the ACC. Is their offense like they're 
Uh, they shoot 38% from three. They shoot 54.5% from two. And they shoot 77.7% from the free throw line, which is top 20. So they can shoot it. And Nigel Pack came back. Omir came back. This team should be much better than six and five in the ACC, by the way. Like losing to Louisville is brutal. Yeah. Uh, losing to uh, Florida State's bad. Losing to Syracuse, not great. Losing to NC State, not great. They got to figure it out. They got to beat Virginia. They go on the road to Virginia tonight. That's a huge game. And they have North Carolina, Clemson. Boston College is not great, but they're scrappy. They got Duke. I mean, I, I don't see a path for Miami to make the tournament right now. That's fair. How many teams do you think the ACC can get? Oh, I know Bayheim was talking <laughs> about this, which, I, I mean, I yeah. – four? Okay. Bayheim thinks everybody should get in, so. That's that's a coaching thing. Everybody thinks they're con- – like Brad Underwood thinking the Big Ten's the best league. Like, <laughs> third best, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think – yeah, I think North Carolina, I think Duke – um, Virginia right now, I would say. Yeah, I think Virginia's in Virginia is the classic really bad efficiency offense, really good efficiency defense. Like they're 144th in offensive efficiency right now. They're eight and three in the ACC. Get with the times, people. Get with the times. Um, and the fourth team is probably what NC State, Wake Forest, maybe Wake Forest because the metrics. Yeah, you know, I guess one of those four loss teams right now will probably sneak in there. Trying to find it here. Hang on. Where the? Yeah. I'm just going to assume it's Wake Forest, right? Or is it Clemson? Who the hell? Hang Wake on. Forest what? Who's the fourth team on this bracket? Oh, it's Clemson. Okay, they got Clemson as an eight right now. The thing I'm looking at. Really? Which? Yeah, I mean Clemson's a really good metrics team and they started the year really good. Uh, they got an Alabama non-conference. Uh, they have a TCU non-conference. They have a Boise state non-conference. So if they can figure it out and uh, they'll probably lose North Carolina tomorrow, but beat Syracuse, beat Miami, beat NC state, beat Georgia tech, beat Florida state. That right there puts them at uh, nine and seven in the ACC. So yeah, Clemson's in, a, in an interesting spot. I think Clemson is further in right now than Virginia, so we'll see. The non-conference is huge for Clemson. Uh, the fourth team from the Final Four last year is San Diego State, who was the runner-up. Uh, they started the year 14-2, and 3-0 in the uh, Mountain West, but they've struggled a bit. But the Mountain West is a very good conference. The Mountain West is very well a conference that could be fourth or fifth in conference bids in the tournament. I think they'll be ahead of the ACC. I think they'll be ahead of the Pac-12. And I think they'll be right on par with the Big Ten. So. San Diego State doing a lot of what they've always done, which is just defend really well. Uh, non-conference losses came against uh, BYU. They lost by nine on the road, and they lost by six to Grand Canyon on the road. Conference, they're six and three. They lost to New Mexico, Boise State, Colorado State. Uh, they got a big one coming up in a couple weeks uh, home against New Mexico. New Mexico, by the way, probably my second favorite mid-major team right now in terms of wanting to watch them and how they play. Outside yeah. of, of course, the goggles at Indiana State. That team <laughs> rules. I love that Indiana State team. And I really hope Indiana State could be last year's uh, FAU in the sense that they win in the second round as an eight or a nine, but they're not going to be playing a 16 seed more than likely. So right. uh, I could see Houston or you know maybe even North Carolina or somebody like that getting picked off by Indiana State. But Indiana State could very well get up to a seven seed. Or they could get up to, you know, or go back to a 10. 
So who knows? San Diego State, though, uh, uh, Ladie, Jaden Ladie has really taken a big step uh, this year. I think he's top five in the uh, Ken Palm Player of the Year standings. So that'll play. I mean, he, he rebounds it well. He gets uh, multiple assists per game. He can score. He had 31 against San Jose State. He had 21 against Fresno State. I'm just naming bad teams they've beaten, but he's had some good games against them. Uh, had a good game. Had 21 and 7 against BYU, so that'll play. But either way, uh, outside of UConn, which of these three teams is most likely to get to the Sweet 16 out of Miami, FAU, and San Diego State? Yeah. Right now, I would probably go with San Diego State. Uh just feel like they have more experience. Um, they're well coached. Not that FAU isn't, but yeah, I think FAU has a has a good chance to get popped early. So one of them's gonna, and then Miami's not gonna beat them unless they uh, right. go on a magical run or win the ACC tournament. Which I think the ACC is gonna be a league that has a potentially random, a random conference tournament winner, like Wake Forest or something. Didn't that happen a couple of years ago? Didn't Wake Forest win the conference tournament like two years ago? <laughs> I don't know. You know my memory sucks. Yeah, well, I was testing you there. It didn't didn't work out for you. Um, <laughs> let me see here. So it was it was Virginia Tech? It was Virginia Tech? Oh uh, yeah. Virginia Tech beat uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, North Carolina, and Duke, and just to lose as an eleven seed to Texas. So. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So that could happen again in the ACC. Who knows? Uh, all right. Next up. Speaking of the ACC, I think Duke, North Carolina, pretty clearly above everybody else. Mm-hmm. No real takeaways from the Duke, North Carolina game for me, other than uh, North Carolina is way better than last year, and Harrison Ingram is a stud. Like defending, he's a huge talent guy. I think he was a four star or a five star. Goes to Stanford, plays a couple years there, wastes his time because Jared Haas is a brutally bad coach at this level, in my opinion. The I think the opinion of a lot of other people. Uh, but, I mean, he was great in this game. Had 21 points, 13 rebounds, one assist, one block, four steals, shot eight for 11 from the field, five for nine from three. Uh, yeah, I've, or eight for 12 from the field, sorry. Um, Harrison Ingram's really good. He makes things different. And uh, if they can get Elliot Cadeau to, to come along a little bit, be a little more consistent, the uh, freshman guard makes me better. Obviously, Baycott and Davis being back is great. Then you bring that shooter in like Cormac Ryan, who uh, has a lot of ACC experience, played three years at Notre Dame. He's only shooting 30% from three this year, but you got to hope he figures it out down the stretch. And they got some good athletes off the bench. So North Carolina is really good. I think Duke's going to still be very good. Uh, they need more from Tyrese Proctor, certainly. He had two points in that game, one of six shooting. Uh, Filipowski's one of the best players in the country. Both of these teams are very, very good. And the matchup that is in Durham at the end of the season will be very interesting. And uh, I think both of these teams are going to make deep runs. So did anything I say there surprise or anything you disagree with? Nope. Great. Uh, summonation. Is that a word? Definitely not Uh brutal season for the PAC 12. The PAC 12 is my least favorite conference to watch right now. And it sucks. Like the only teams in the PAC 12 that I want to watch are Colorado Utah, Arizona, and Oregon, and Washington State, too. Outside of that, no interest in USC, no interest in UCLA, no interest in Stanford, no interest in Cal, Arizona State. Just it's sad because the football season in the Pac 12 was great in the last run, but the, the basketball has been bad. 
And if you are the Big 12, you're thinking right now, damn it, why couldn't we get UCLA and USC to come play basketball? Because we got Arizona, Colorado, and Utah coming in. Yeah, true. I mean, the Pac-12 stinks. Arizona's way better than everybody else, but Arizona's so vulnerable. Arizona has the toughest week out of anybody this week. Have you seen their schedule this week? Uh, I just know they play at Utah. They play at Utah Thursday and at Colorado Saturday. Now, the one thing for them is that they beat Colorado by 47, but Colorado's a good team. They're young, and they're scrappy. But this is probably a three-bid league right now. Yeah, Colorado was ranked early in the year, right? Yeah, they're very talented. Like they've uh, Tad Boyle has recruited really well there. He's got uh, uh, Cody Williams, I think, is a five-star freshman. Um, he's also done pretty well in the portal. You look at uh, what's-his-face from TCU, Eddie Lampkin, the big man. So it's a good team. I hope they find a way to get in. Uh, but they're like a three-bit league probably. Uh, let's see, Arizona is going to get in. Yeah, who else are you putting in with them? Utah. Utah is going to get in, I think. Utah is pretty firmly in right now. I think a lot of people have them as a seven or an eight. Okay. Uh, and then the other one is hold, please, hold, please, hold. Can't find it on here. Uh oh. This is hard to see. How small of writing you got on there? <laughs> the color is throwing me off. Washington State. Okay. So we'll see. Interesting. Some of these teams in the Pac-12 metrics-wise remind me of the Big Ten. So some of those teams might fit in. Like uh, UCLA might be perfect for the bottom of the Big Ten because they're terrible on offense. So there you go. Um, Let's see. Nebraska and Northwestern on track to uh, make the tournament. How about that? Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised with Northwestern. Nebraska has been a surprise this year. Um, Rink Mass has changed that game, changed that team, I think. You're not a fan of his. And when Casey Tomaninga goes <laughs> off, you know. I mean, these two teams were in the basement of the league two years ago. Yeah. So I think it's great that they've figured their way out. And I think a lot of people thought Hoiberg would eventually figure it out. Yeah. I still wasn't really sure after how long it's taken. But, look, it's a different different thing. The NIL probably helps a little bit there, too. I think they have something going there. Um, they're 6-6 six and six in the Big Ten. They're not a world beater, but they got wins over Purdue and Wisconsin. They got a win over Northwestern. All of their Big Ten wins have been meaningful because they beat Michigan State. Then they beat Indiana, who stinks, but still they won. They beat Purdue. Northwestern, Ohio State stinks. They beat them and they beat Wisconsin. Yeah. So, and their losses like aren't the worst. Uh, they lost at Minnesota, has somehow been a pretty tough place for teams to play. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, you know, scrappy, kind of what I thought they would be, except it took a while to, to get there. And they did lose some pieces from last season. Uh, they lost at Wisconsin. They lost at Iowa, at Rutgers, at Maryland, at Illinois. So, those are all road losses anyway, which helps the quad uh, either way. So, or the, the net rankings with the quad. Uh, by the way, the most Q1 wins right now is Purdue and UConn both have eight. Okay. And there is uh, no team with seven. Uh, Wisconsin, Houston, Arizona, Baylor have six. Marquette, Boise State, North Carolina, Kansas have five. Utah, Northwestern, Tennessee, uh, Colorado State, Texas, Texas A&M, uh, Duke, Washington State, St. Mary's, Seton Hall have four. 
Illinois is three and four, by the way. So sucks. Um, so good for Northwestern Nebraska. Right now, uh, they're slotted 10 for Northwestern and nine for Nebraska, which really shows you how much these wins matter. Right. Because Northwestern's resume, they have the Purdue win, they have the Illinois win, they have a Michigan State win. Outside of that, not great. Dayton's a good win too, but outside of that, some of the losses too, like the Chicago State loss, can can bury you a little bit. That's a bad loss, and uh, Minnesota they lost to as well. Uh, all right, next up, Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino's first season has already been a success at St. John's, in my opinion. They look like a completely different program. Thirteen and nine, five and six in the Big East. I think we all thought there would be growing pains, and there have been. They haven't been, you know, great. Uh, pretty much revamped the entire roster, so that's hard to do. Um, and he's turned them into a team that is much better than they were already under Mike Anderson, like by a mile. Uh, they're top 50 in offensive efficiency, and they're 51st in defense. Last year they were 111th in offense, 56th in defense. But you know what the big number that I take away is? Last season on offense, they were turning the ball over 18.7%, 228th in the country. This year hasn't gone all the way up, but it's down to 16.6, which is 137th. So that's big. Another part, I would say, um, they were a really good offensive rebounding team last year, 34%. They've gotten even better, 38.8% this year. So that'll play. They still can't shoot threes, and they're not great from two, but – they don't get the 7.4% block percentage on offense, so they don't get their shots blocked. So shout out to them for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were looking like much more of a success story in the first five games of the Big East where they were 4-1 and one with wins over Providence, Villanova, Butler, and Xavier, and they have lost five of six. But <laughs> the program is on the up. And their next three games, if they win all three of those, they're right back in the mix. They got DePaul. That should be an easy win. At Marquette, at Providence. You can split those, go 2-1. and one. I think that's great. But right now, they are a first four out team, but they're on the bubble. They're right there. Really? That yeah. surprises me. But they got opportunities. Big East has been good. So yeah, they got some decent non-conference stuff too. I mean, North Texas is is not not a great win, but it's a win over a top eighty-five team. Uh, they beat Utah by nine. They uh, lost to Michigan. True. They they lost to Boston College as well, but. <laughs> I mean, their worst losses are Michigan, Boston College, and and uh, Seton Hall. It could be like Chicago State. You know, it's not. But I think it would be great, and I, I think you probably agree, if, if we had Rick Pitino in the tournament this year. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably why they're on the bubble. I mean, their resume is not bad, and their metrics are good. So, like, if you're a top 45 metrics team and you have some of the wins they have and your coach is Rick Pitino, you put it in a Come pot, you mix it up, and there we are. Get I don't think there. Uh, I think the SEC might be the most intriguing conference because they don't really have a, a team that stands out over the others, but the top five teams in the conference are really good. South Carolina is a great story. Yeah. Uh, Metrics-wise, they're not the greatest, but it's getting better. But at some point, you just got to look at the resume and it speaks for itself. Like They've won five in a row. They beat Arkansas by 13, who's bad, but they beat Kentucky by 17. They beat a bad Missouri team by eight. They beat Tennessee by four. They beat Georgia by 10. Uh, it's a good team. And Lamont Paris should be in the coach of the year conversation. Former Chattanooga coach. Uh almost beat the Illini in 2022. So watch out. Uh but there's a lot of different interesting parts of this conference. You have Alabama, who's the team that is really good offensively, struggles a bit defensively. Uh they're eight and one in the conference. You have Auburn seven and two in the conference. Very good on both ends. South Carolina is a great story. 
Tennessee is really good. Kentucky is good. Kentucky's got to get better defensively, though. I will say that. Florida, Ole Miss, Texas A&M are all, you know, interesting teams in their own ways. I think Ole Miss is a fraud. I think Mississippi State's pretty good, too. But uh, some teams in this league are good and have bad records. Like Mississippi State being 3-6 and six is tough. Yeah. Who do you think is the best team? In the, if you had to pick one team in the SEC right now to be like, I trust them to go the furthest. Tennessee. I, yeah, I'm still taking Tennessee. Um, Rick Barnes factor, though, not not great in the tournament. That's true. Yeah, he's he's struggled. I guess number two would probably be Kentucky. I Kentucky's I, been kind of yeah, here and I, there, but I like this Kentucky team a lot, and a lot of history and stuff would tell you that they're going to figure it out. But they've got to get better defensively. Yeah, 102nd efficiency right now defensively. That's not good. That takes you back to like. I mean, Calipari's never had anything close to that outside of 2013. And I think they missed the tournament in 2013. That was like his one outlier year. They probably should have made it, by the way. Uh, Illinois got in over them that year. And I feel like a 21-12 and 12 Kentucky team <laughs> could probably be in the tournament. But yeah, it, was no, a different, yeah. it was a different time. Uh, the metrics didn't matter as much. But last three, one, two, three, last five years, Kentucky's been outside of the top 20 actually outside of the top 30 in defensive efficiency they were eighth in 2019 but the last five years have been tough but this team's got a high ceiling rob robert dillingham is uh maybe the best freshman guard in the country so there you go he's probably you know he's by top five but uh okay uh all right now we're on to how have newly hired power conference coaches fared this year just gonna rattle them off talk about what they've done First one's Mark Madsen. He came over from Utah Valley, uh, went to Cal. Uh, they're nine and thirteen. They are five and six in the conference. They've been solid. Last year they went three and twenty-nine, so definitely a better season so far. hundred uh, tenth on Ken Palm, so I think a very solid job for him so far. Next up is uh, Ed Cooley, Georgetown. Got to get winning players, Ed. You got to get winning players. You you, you got to find those guys. Uh, Georgetown's eight. In 13, they're one and nine in the conference. You look at the Patrick Ewing era, uh, they've won, they this is a they've won three count them, folks, three of their last 46 Big East games. Ouch, they finished two and Zero, 37, two and one. Huh? Yeah, they didn't win a game two years ago, right? Yeah, they 0 and 19, two and 18, the last two years of Patrick Ewing. <laughs> so that's that right there's two and 37, one and nine this year. Three and forty-six. It's going to take time for Ed Cooley, and obviously, he's probably the, he might be the most divisive coach in the country right now. There's probably a couple other names up there. This team right now can't defend a lick at all. Yeah. Uh, they were eight and seven at one point. They're now eight and thirteen. They've lost six in a row, including losing nine of their last ten. The only win in their last ten was DePaul by three. So, yeah. There's if you, if you want to go and put up numbers on if you want to score 30 points on 30 shots, go ahead and go to Georgetown. Yeah, uh, I named names right there. Uh, Damon Stoudemire, yeah, getting the Georgia Tech game. Georgia Tech's been scrappy, they got they're one of those teams. There's a team in like every conference right now that is like they're Georgia Tech's three and eight, but two of those wins are North Carolina and uh Duke. So <laughs> And Clemson's good. the other one. 
they've beaten three of the top teams in the conference, and they're three and eight. Uh, I think they're on the up a little bit. I mean, they were really down under Passner last couple of years after making the tournament in 2021 and being a good team in 2021. Uh, last couple years of him were tough. It's going to take time for for Stoudemire to figure it out, but uh, he's got a pretty decent foundation right now. You look at this team; they got two freshmen playing a lot of minutes with uh, Nathan George and Bay and Adongo. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully, you can figure it out. Would be interesting to see. Uh, Notre Dame. Micah Shrewsbury left uh, Penn State to go to Notre Dame. They're they're in the basement as well. Yeah, they're in the basement as well. Two and nine in the conference, seven and fifteen overall, three hundred and tenth in adjusted offense, which is just—I mean, it's kind of what Shrewsbury did in his first. It's—it's it's actually way worse than that. But his first year at Penn State, they weren't a very good offensive team, and they went from twenty twenty two being a, a one hundred five point three efficiency offense to a one seventeen point two in top fifteen last year. So, if you're Notre Dame, you got to hope the quick turnaround happens. He inherited the uh, the position from Mike Bray, who had a uh, Really, I would say going back to 2019, they were three and 15 in the conference, 10 and 10 after that, seven and 11, 15 and five in 2022, bit of an outlier, and then three and 17. So it's not you're not inheriting a great program. So we'll see. It'll it'll take time for for all of these guys, but uh, Cooley, especially, it's gonna. Uh, George has it a really bad spot. Uh, Chris Beard, Ole Miss. It seems like he's turned things around a little bit in some aspects. They have a way better record than what their actual team is. I would say, uh, eighteen and four, five and four in the uh, in the SEC. But nothing about this team really screams great threat. Uh, I think Beard's one of the best coaches in the country. So obviously, if if he's going to get a job, they're going to figure it out in, in some way. I mean, you look at uh, what he did at Texas Tech was was unbelievable i mean elite eight his second year runner up mm-hmm. the next year would have been in the tournament the year after and then got to the second round the year after that and then uh you know obviously the whole thing at texas happened but uh he'll figure it out if he stays around long enough i feel like he's probably going to get a bigger job than this exactly. so just a, a stepping back in yeah like if if uh this is obviously a complete random scenario i'm not even really i'm just using a team as an example but if michigan state yeah. opens in the next couple of years and they want Chris Beard, he would leave for Michigan State. On the Illinois one, you said something about Ohio State. you think he'd go to Ohio State over Ole Miss? Oof. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't think so. I think it, Ole Miss has a really good NIL right now in yeah. football and bat. And not to say Ohio State doesn't, but you're also, you know, the SEC, you can – that's a nine-bid league right now. You There's a lot of opportunities. Yeah, that's true. And there's five, four or five premier programs there right now that have been consistent the last few years. One of them is bad this year, which is Arkansas. But outside of that, Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, always good. There's spots for other teams to, to be good as well, and uh, we'll see. Uh, Mike Rhodes, Penn State. Penn State made the tournament last year. Shrewsbury leaves to Notre Dame. Tough situation to inherit because they lost like everybody. Everybody, yeah. Uh, he brought in Kanye Clary, he's the only guy that's stayed pretty much from last year's team, but he pretty much brought in VCU from where he was. Ace Baldwin, VCU, DeMarco Dunn's a North Carolina transfer. Uh, Kudus Wahab has played at seven different schools pretty much. <laughs> Here's his career started 2019 20. He played at Georgetown, Georgetown, Maryland, Georgetown, Penn State. So. Two different stints at uh, Georgetown. 
Um, Nick Kern is a VCU transfer. Uh, Jameel Brown is also stuck around from last year. Uh, Puff Johnson is a North Carolina transfer. Raekwondus Mitchell is a UMKC uh, transfer. Zach Hicks is a Temple transfer. So there's, you know, it's, it's like a mid-major team, essentially, with some yeah. North Carolina transfers that didn't play enough last year, I guess. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they've been playing pretty well. Back-to-back wins. Beat up a bad Indiana team on the road. Won at Rutgers by 15. We'll see where they're at, though, after February 21st when they have uh, Iowa at Northwestern, Michigan State at Nebraska, and then they play Illinois. So schedule is pretty easy the rest of the way, though, in terms of not having to play Purdue or Wisconsin and only playing Illinois, Michigan State once uh, because they do play, you know, Minnesota and they they play uh, Indiana, Iowa twice. But he's done a, a solid job there. You know, it's not the easiest spot to be in. They're 11 and 11. Kim English, Providence. Uh, Pretty good job. I mean, did a good job of keeping a lot of the guys around. Obviously, Bryce Hopkins going down with the season-ending injury is brutal. But uh, Devin Garter's great. Oduro's uh, a George Mason transfer he brought with him. Uh, we'll see if they have a chance to make the tournament. I suspect that they're barely in right now in a lot of brackets. They've lost two in a row to UConn and Villanova. They got a big one against Creighton, and they got another big one on Saturday at Butler. So, Big spot there, but I think Kim English has done a pretty good job. Uh, we already went over Rick Patino. Good job so far. Uh, Adrian Autry, Syracuse. Syracuse, I think, is uh, better than last year, mainly because of defense. They're a top 40 defense. Last year they were 185th in efficiency. So offensively they've gotten worse. Defensively they've gotten better. Uh, he had some big additions by bringing in J.J. Starling, the transfer from uh, Notre Dame. Judah Mintz staying around helps. Uh, Chris Bell, year two, getting better. Um, a lot of young guys on this team. A lot of guys from last year's team that were freshmen. So you hope that those guys stick around. Eventually they'll build something. Um, but I think Syracuse is about exactly where I expected them to be this year. Uh, we're not even going to count Rodney Terry at Texas because he already coached most of last season. Yeah. There anyway, and Texas is is whatever. It horns down. <laughs> I hate I hate how mad they get at that. It's embarrassing. I guess I love how mad they get at that. Yeah. Uh, Grant McCaslin may be the best one on this list in terms of the job he's done at Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech sixteen and five, five and three. Uh, in the Big Twelve, they were first like a week ago. Schedule gets tougher though. Uh, but they're doing it in a very non-Grant McCaslin team way. Outside of the 2020 North Texas team, North Texas was always a really good defensive team with an offense that could get get stop or uh, get score score the ball. What, what am I even doing here? Make now? baskets. Up, they they can make some shots, but this year's Texas Tech team is 13th in offensive efficiency. Uh, they got a lot of guys that can that can shoot the basketball. Uh, you look at Chance McMillian shooting 43. percent is it McMillian or McMillan? It's spelled like McMillian, but confusing. I hope it's McMillian. He's shooting 43% from three. Darion Williams is shooting 39% from three, close to Darren Williams, but it's not. Uh, Pop Isaac shooting 33% from three. They got a lot of guys in this team. They're fun to watch. And McCaslin's done a great job. And then Josh Eilert, the uh, interim at West Virginia. I mean, that's a disaster in and of itself. So he really in a bad spot. Uh, three and six in the. Uh, Big 12 and 
eight and fourteen overall. So tough spot for him. And Huggins will get his job back next year. <laughs> Interesting. No, it's a, it's, it's a, yeah, not going to happen. Uh, okay, a few conference things here. I just wrote down a few things from some conferences that I find interesting from a statistical standpoint. Um, the Big Ten has three top ten offensive efficiency teams this year. How about that? Really? Purdue first, Illinois sixth, Wisconsin ninth. Wow. It's very unlike the Big Ten. They also have, you know, Iowa 20th, uh, Michigan State 29th, Northwestern 33rd, Nebraska 37th, Ohio State 40th, Rutgers 300th. So <laughs> pretty good. Uh, metrics metrics wise, uh, Alabama, Yukon, Baylor, Arizona, Kentucky, unsurprisingly elite offensive efficiencies. And then Indiana State is uh, – about as good as you can get for mid-major teams offensively, 14th in the country, 118.9 efficiency. Uh, they are number six in three-point percentage. They are number two in two-point percentage. They are number eight in free-throw percentage. So that's about as good of an offense you could get at the mid-major level, and uh, they're very efficient. So, And their schedule, outside of something crazy happening, I don't see how they aren't, you know uh, – Three, four, five, six, seven. I don't see how they're not twenty-eight and three going into the conference tournament because they play Valpo, Missouri State's tough on the road a little bit. Illinois State, Southern Illinois could be a little tough on the road. Valpo again, Illinois, Chicago, Evansville, Murray State. They should be twenty-eight and three or twenty-seven and four at worst. Yeah. So uh, they're in a great spot uh, defensively, efficiency-wise. You have Houston, Tennessee, Iowa State. Great as usual. Houston is first, uh, Tennessee is second, and Iowa State is fifth. Not a surprise there. Uh, here's a, a little bit of a surprise to me is that uh, North Carolina is seventh in defensive efficiency after being uh, 46th last year. That's good. And then also Maryland is uh, sixth in defensive efficiency after being 32nd last year and 112th the year before that. Wow. Uh, so Willard's done a good job there. They just got to figure out their offense, which has been getting better. I think Maryland could very well end up being a tournament team when it's all said and done, but uh, we'll see. And then Auburn is the top team in two-point percentage against. So that helps guarding inside the three-point line when you're playing a team like Kentucky that has all that size. You're playing Alabama. You're playing Auburn, who has J- J- Auburn is Auburn, who am I talking Too many words. Too many yeah. words. Uh, either way, Auburn. Good defense. There you go. Congrats. Uh, the most important conference tournaments right now, as it stands, I, in terms of uh, opportunities, the Missouri Valley tournament will be interesting with yeah. Indiana State and Drake. Uh, the Atlantic 10 tournament, Dayton's the best team in the conference, but you have Richmond, who's solid. You have VCU, solid. You have UMass. St. Joe's, St. Bonaventure, George Mason, Richmond, I already said, Loyola, Chicago. We'll see. I can see Dayton getting picked off in that tournament. Uh, and then you have the American Athletic, which is FAU, Memphis, schools like that. Those are going to be interesting. And I think the most entertaining will be the Big 12, the Big East, and the SEC. Although Big 12 tournament might not be as fun, but if BYU and Houston are in the mix with uh, you know Iowa State, Kansas, uh, 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 Texas, Oklahoma, TCU, Texas Tech. I mean, there's a lot of teams, so who knows? Yeah. 
Ken Palm, the Ken Palm Five. Five stats. I was going to do ten, but I didn't want to do five more after I did five. <laughs> We're going to go five. Uh, Purdue is the number one team in adjusted uh, uh, metrics, strength of schedule rating. They're number one. Wisconsin is second. Michigan's fourth. So the Big Ten, shout out, hard schedules. There you go. Uh, number two, there are five teams shooting 40% or better from three right now. There was only one team last season that was Colgate. Uh, the five teams doing that, I'm going to pull it up here. I should have had this pulled up already. Very stupid. Um, Way to be prepared. Yeah, I tried, but just didn't didn't work out. <laughs> oh, God, I can't even find it. This is a disaster. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Baylor, McNeese State, Stanford, huh? Kentucky, and Purdue. And Indiana State, 39.9. So pretty much six teams shooting above 40%. Um, here's a fun stat. Minnesota ranks second in the country in assists per field goals made percentage, 67.2%. Really? Kansas is first. BYU is third. Uh, number four, the SEC has four schools in the top ten of block percentage defensively. Uh, Kentucky, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Auburn, not a surprise. And then number five, there are four big men in the top five of the Kim Palm Player of the Year standing, Zach Eady, Deron Holmes, Janai Broom, Kyle Filipowski. So that is Purdue, Dayton, Auburn, Duke. The only guard in the top five is Tristan Newton from uh, Kentucky. UConn. UConn. Moron. Okay. Idiot. Bracketological. Let's Bracketological, the one seeds right now. Purdue, Houston, UConn, North Carolina. That is undisputable. Uh, this is Bauertology, by the way. He's a top five bracketologist according to Bracket Matrix, and he also updates on Monday, so that's why we're going to use it. Um, okay. Two seeds, Tennessee, Arizona, Marquette, Kansas. Three seeds, Wisconsin, Alabama, Baylor, Iowa State. Four seeds, Dayton, Auburn, Illinois, Duke. Five seeds, Creighton, South Carolina, BYU, FAU, anything you take issue with so far? Illinois is a four, Wisconsin is a three. Your thoughts? Seems fair right now. I'm okay so with that. Hope you give me a little bit more time there. That's all right. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that uh, FAU will probably slide farther. I'm trying to keep this under an hour. This is going to be close now. Uh, San Real Diego close. State, I Kentucky. Got all these games to watch. True. San Diego State, Kentucky, Duke. Nope. Damn it. San Diego State, Kentucky, Utah State, Texas Tech. Six seeds, Texas, Oklahoma, Colorado State, Utah, seven seeds, Clemson, TCU, Boise State, St. Mary's, eight seeds, nine seeds, New Mexico, uh, Indiana State, Nebraska, Michigan State, 10 seeds, Northwestern, Washington State, Butler, Florida, 11 seeds, Cincinnati, Texas, A&M, Virginia, Seton Hall, Ole Miss, and then uh, last four buys, Florida, Cincinnati, Texas, A&M, Virginia, last four ends, Seton Hall, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Providence, First four out, St. John's, Colorado, Memphis, uh, Nevada. Next four out, Miami, Wake Forest, Villanova, Xavier. Bids by conference, Big 12, 10, SEC, 9, Big East, 6, Big 10, 6, Mountain West, 5, ACC, 4, Pac-12, 3. So no Gonzaga is my takeaway, right? Uh, Did I say Gonzaga? Uh, No. Because it it doesn't have the West Coast Conference listed, so yeah, no Gonzaga. Gonzaga is going to win the the West Coast Conference tournament, by the way, folks. You think? 
I, they shouldn't, but they probably will just because, you know, that's, that's life. St. Mary's is better. St. Mary's is better, as I've always said. I picked St. Mary's to win the conference in the preseason, so I look pretty smart right now, don't I? Even though they got up to a terrible start. St. Mary's was so bad early in the season. They were 3-5. Uh, and five. St. Mary's is 15-1 and one since December 5th. How about that? Stat that. Stat also, that. the WCC this year blows. Outside of yeah. Gonzaga, metrics is good, but as a team, it's not a normal Gonzaga team, and San Francisco is fine. Outside of that, brutal. Uh, anyway, games to watch. I have a huge list here. Okay. This is only to, uh, like, early Saturday. So, And then I have yeah. another, another page with more. You're going to read all of them? Are you going to read all of them? No, like you don't want to watch all those games. That seems boring. Uh, uh, Monday, Kansas versus Kansas State. Yeah, Miami of Virginia, interesting as well. Virginia, you know, barely in right now. Miami, work to do, right? Yeah. Tuesday. Uh, Texas Tech goes to Baylor. Uh, I'll, throw, I'll throw a couple of the, yeah, I'll throw a couple more in the mix here for you. Uh, how about Butler at UConn? Big spot yeah, for Butler. Got that one too. Uh, 16 and a half point favorite. I saw UConn was. How many do you have for Tuesday? Uh, four. Go ahead. Nevada at Utah State. Utah State's coming off a loss to San Diego State. And uh, New Mexico goes to Wyoming. Uh, New Mexico also coming off, off a loss, I think. I don't know. I think I have 12 for Tuesday. Okay. That's all I got. Go ahead. Michigan State at Minnesota. Minnesota's been kind of a tough place to play. True. Uh, did you say did you say Boise State at Colorado State? Nope. It's a big one. Uh BYU at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Did you say Clemson at North Carolina? Nope. I only had four. <laughs> Wake Forest at Georgia Tech. Uh Ole Miss at South Carolina. I yeah. think we covered them. All right, Wednesday. Uh Wednesday, Alabama goes to Auburn. Big one there. Uh, Nebraska Northwestern, who you just talked about. Nebraska has to go to Northwestern. Both teams coming off a loss. Northwestern lost at Minnesota, and Nebraska lost at Illinois last night. Um, and then I have Creighton going to Providence. Uh, Creighton just lost to Butler, and Providence just lost two in a row to UConn and Villanova. Uh, I got Villanova at Xavier. I got Wisconsin at Michigan just because, you know, Wisconsin, no need to slip up, take care of business. It's true. Uh, Pittsburgh at NC State. Don't know why I put that on there, to be honest, but it's an ACC <laughs> game, so I don't know. Uh, Southern Illinois at Drake. Interesting game there. Southern Illinois has got Xavier Johnson, one of the best players in the uh, Missouri Valley. Uh, Texas A&M at Missouri. Texas A&M just needs to go in there and steamroll them. Uh, Georgia at Mississippi State. Georgia's been, you know, scrappy of late. And then USC at California because there's nothing else to watch if you're up at 10 o'clock. <laughs> That's true. Central, 10 Central, 11 Eastern. Uh, Thursday. I only have six for Thursday. Okay. I have three. Uh, FAU goes to UAB. FAU's won seven in a row. Uh, got to go on the road. They got to got to continue to win. Um, have Arizona going to Utah. Uh, Arizona beat Stanford last night. Was that last night? Um, but yep. they're – their two losses have come on the road to Stanford and Oregon State. So that'd be a tough game for them. And then I threw in this Big Ten game, Iowa at Penn State. Um, 
Penn State's coming off of the back-to-back wins. They put up 48 in the second half against Indiana. And I think Iowa, I mean, they could sneak into maybe, you know, bubble talk if they get on a little run. So uh, I, I think bubble talk in Big Ten right now would be like Minnesota, Maryland, Iowa. Like, I mean, have a chance if they can make a run. So. I know they're not technically on the bubble right now. I have uh, Samford at UNC Greensboro. He would. A couple of uh, quality SOCON teams there. Uh, the SOCON is uh, you know, a pretty good conference, top 15 conference probably. Two top teams in it right there. Samford's 9-1. and one. What did I say about Samford early in the year, folks? It is somewhat impressive, not that impressive, but somewhat impressive that Purdue beat them by 50. They're 20-3, and 9-1. and one in the SOCON, which is the top 15 conference. And they have a pretty decent offense that, that moves it and the tempo and Sanford's fun. I hope they make the tournament. I hope they beat Purdue in the first round. Actually, that wouldn't be a matchup, but still, um, Washington at Oregon, Oregon needs to win. They need to find the, their way into the mix. And then if you're up at nine o'clock central, 10 o'clock Eastern, how about, how about we head out to the big West? So watch UC Santa Barbara and, uh, UC Irvine. Nine o'clock. You see Irvine seventeen and six. ESPN plus, huh? Yeah, probably ten and one in the conference. Uh, they're twenty first in uh, defensive efficiency. You see Santa Barbara, a team that I liked a lot going into the season. They've been struggling a bit, but a huge opportunity for them at home over the top team in the Big West. Uh, Friday, I have two, which you probably have. If you have two, they're the same. I just have one. I just There's have three San, games. San Diego State at Nevada. Dayton at VCU at six o'clock on ESPN two. That'll be a big one, a uh, big spot for Dayton. Get a road win, keep keep it moving. And VCU's you know top five team in that conference. See if they can figure it out. Saturday I got about a hundred. <laughs> uh, I don't have a hundred, so I'll read mine. Uh, I got Wisconsin at Rutgers. Uh, like you said, Wisconsin needs to keep going. Sometimes tough to play at the rack. Rutgers not very good though. Uh, Baylor goes to Kansas. Gonzaga plays Kentucky. Is that correct or? Did yeah. I- yeah. Things. Okay. After um, Illinois, Michigan State. Okay. Uh, TCU goes to Iowa State. Illinois is going to Michigan State. Only game for Illinois this week. Uh, and then I have Indiana State going to Missouri State. You talked a lot about Indiana State. They are eleven and one in the Missouri Valley Conference. Their only loss was at Drake. So uh, keep those at-large bid alive in case they don't win the tournament. And then I have Drake and Bradley, who are tied for second in the Missouri Valley Conference right now. All right, we're, we're getting close to the clock here. Uh, Clemson at Syracuse. I think you're good. Alabama at LSU. Uh, Creighton at Xavier. Providence at Butler. Cornell at Yale. George Mason at Davidson. Auburn at Florida. Maryland at Ohio State. Houston at Cincinnati. UCF at Texas Tech. North Carolina at Miami, Washington State at Oregon, big road spot for Washington State, Georgia at Arkansas, St. John's at Marquette, big road spot for St. John's, Akron at James Madison, John Gross, stud, great coach, as I've always said, Tennessee at Texas A&M, Louisiana Tech at Liberty, Indiana at Purdue, which is hilarious because that's going to be a beatdown at (laughs) Mackey. Uh, Last year, by the way, around this time, Jalen Huchofino went into Purdue and pretty much won that game single-handedly for Indiana. He was great. Uh, he's gone now, so there you go, Indiana. Congrats. Your team stinks now. Your roster construction is pathetic. Uh, <laughs> Virginia at Florida State, 7 o'clock on the CW. So the CW, no wow. live this week, but we got Virginia at Florida State. 
live sucks anyway. Boise State at Utah State. Uh, Kansas State at BYU, 9 o'clock. Big 12, 9 o'clock. That's different. BYU, yeah. obviously home. And then uh, Arizona at Colorado. How'd you miss that one? Uh, I don't know. Probably because you're like, oh, Arizona beat them by 47. They're like, Colorado's probably playing. because I didn't know we were doing every basketball Sunday. game. Sunday. Uh, Sunday, I have Minnesota at Iowa. I have a really, uh, really high-quality game. Seton Hall at Villanova, Florida Atlantic at Wichita State. Wichita State almost beat Memphis last week at home. Penn State at Northwestern, Tulane at Memphis. And now we go games, upset picks of the week. I'm getting weird with my upset picks. Uh, very weird. And I think there's a chance that I'm going to be wrong on all three of these, but I'm going to take a shot. I'll give you my first, then you give me your first, and I'll give second, then you go second, and then I give yeah. third, then you go third. Uh, first one. I love UConn a lot. I think they're very, very good. Yeah. Somebody's going to beat them soon. And why not Butler, a team that gets out and runs and can score? They just put up like 99 at Creighton. And Utah – or uh, Utah. UConn is much better than Creighton, but still. Butler, there's something here. They're, they got something. They can they can do some things. So give me Butler over UConn. What a start. All right. This is my uh, biggest swing. Probably going to be my biggest whiff. I got Rutgers beating Wisconsin. Man, that's tough. Uh, give me <laughs> – let me go Florida over Auburn. Florida's got a lot of talent. Uh, they're a top 20 high-efficiency offense. They're 5-4 and four in the conference. They could use a big win like this. Coming off of a one-point road loss to Texas A&M, uh, uh, six days of rest, and they play Auburn on Saturday at home. Give me Florida over Auburn. Uh, I'm going to take Baylor going into Kansas and beating them. All right. Uh, I'm going to, Arizona's going to have a tough time winning both games this week. So I'm going to take Colorado to beat Arizona on okay. Saturday night. Uh, I know Colorado lost to them by 47 like a month ago. Colorado's good. Give me, give me, give me the, uh, the Buffaloes to, to beat Arizona on a Saturday night. Uh, my last one, uh, TCU going into Iowa State and getting a dub. I picked against two teams that I really like, too, so that's tough. <laughs> that is tough. I guess I like Auburn, too, but I really like UConn and Arizona. So Yeah. UConn and Arizona would be a phenomenal national championship game. Yeah, so we might go 0 for 6 this week. But There's a there's a real chance that it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't be the craziest <laughs> thing that's ever happened. But either way, we did it in under an hour. Uh, we'll be back next Monday, probably doing a lot of the same stuff. But I think we'll you know break down a lot of the games that we talked about here more so than, than anything. But uh, – We'll be back next week for that next Monday, every Monday until the end of time for this one. Um, not true, but, you know, close enough. And uh, we'll see everybody next Monday.